being patient with your pastor this morning because I need to deliver this. Thank you for the take your time. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with all might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end amen father in the name of Jesus I pray that you would use me Anoint me with the anointing that makes preaching and teaching easy. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I thank you for this moment, this time, and space to be able to speak to these, your people, your blessed people, your anointed people, your chose, chosen people. We rebuke Satan. We bind the hand of the devourer that would come and try to snatch this word out of the very souls of your people. We give you praise and glory for the fruit that it will bear. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've been here long enough, if you've been with us since the beginning of the ministry, you know that very rarely, if ever, have we ever taken up two offerings. But God told me to leave this second bucket out here for after this message, because some of you might want to tap in to what's about to be dropped in this house. But that's totally up to you. Want to give honor to everyone and praying, thanking you for the prayers of comfort. We know that we lost the precious, two precious jewels. A sister lost her sister, lost on Densi. And we thank God for the lives that they lived and for um, the lives that they touched. Amen. And right now we're in prayer for my cousin Teddy, um, that he would come up out of St. Um, Yale, New Haven, amen? So those that know the word of prayer, which is all of us, just pray for him and pray that God's will will take root in his life. Amen? I got a wonderful illustration this morning. 
I preached this before. But every time I teach it and he leads me to it, it's different. And I pray that the way you receive it, if you heard me preach it before, it should be different in your spirit because you should have grown from the last time I taught this. Amen. But this is the word for today in this house. Somebody say amen. Amen. I'm going to speak to you this morning. The Spirit wants to speak to us this morning from the subject. Prepare for overflow. Prepare for overflow. I don't know if I'm in the right house, but maybe it's for those that are online or those on band. I don't know who it's for, but prepare for overflow. We all have some area of life that we would like God to move in in our behalf. It could be a health issue, a financial issue, a family issue, a personal struggle, a door that we need opened or closed. And sometimes it seems like God is just not moving fast enough. Or even if he's heard or is concerned with our dilemma. We're doing all we know to do. Trying to be faithful in what we know to do. And yet we witness others who are not serving God. Half as hard. <laughs> and it looks like they got it going on. I'm preaching to an honest church this morning. It's hard when we live in a world of bigger is better. The bigger the house, the bigger the car, the bigger the bank account, the bigger the church, the bigger the mill. We are trapped in a bigger is better mentality. If it's not big, then you're not blessed. But the word tells us to not to despise the day of small beginnings. It tells us if we're faithful over a few things, we can be ruler over much. It tells us that a cloud the size of a hand is capable of sending more than enough rain. That God's ways are not our ways. Now, I'm not saying that God is against big because God is big. But the size is not what really matters. It's the flow that matters. Follow me. I said the size is not what matters. It's the flow that matters. In other words, big isn't enough when it isn't enough when it comes to God. Because God is bigger than big. Somebody say he's bigger than big. See, in this Ephesians, the purpose of Paul writing this was to the he, he wrote from a Roman prison. He wrote from prison. He intended that all who long for Christ-like maturity would receive this writing. And closed within the book of Ephesians is the discipline. Uh-oh, there go that word again. Needed to develop into true children of God. Somebody say develop. Furthermore, a study of Ephesians will help to fortify and establish the believer so he can fulfill the purpose, oh, that word, and calling that God has given us. 
The aim of the epistle is to confirm and to equip a maturing church. Somebody say next level is maturing. Somebody say next level is maturing. Maturity doesn't get equated by size. It it presents a balanced view of the body of Christ and its importance in God's economy. The key verse in Ephesians is Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. That is the key verse of the book of Ephesians. It says, praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Somebody say, I already got it. Today we want to look at the prayer of Paul. The prayer of Paul for the church. He has addressed God's rich blessings and our inheritance, chapter 1, our predestination and purpose. And he has prayed for spiritual insight into these things. That's just a short overview of Ephesians. He's talking about our purpose, our predestination, our inheritance, and our spiritual insight into these things. I'm going to say it again. He's talked about our inheritance, our predestination, our purpose, and he's for spiritual insight into these things. He has told us of the power of Christ and how he raised us from the dead to life and the importance of unity with Christ. Somebody say, that's a whole lot. And now he's talking about a call to minister in us to it. He's his call to minister to the Gentile nation. And now he begins to pray for our spiritual power. And he says this for this cause. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. What Paul prays for here is nothing physical. It's all spiritual. He prays for fortitude in the inner man. Somebody say inner man. An inner peace, an inner strength that the world cannot comprehend. That can only come from the riches of glory in heavenly places. See, you can't get strength and power in earthly places. He says, I want you to be fortified in the inner man with a peace and a strength that is in your inner man. That did not come from outside forces, which means that outside forces can't touch it. You see, a lot of people want to appear strong, but when life hits them, you find out what they're made of. You find out that they don't really have inner strength. They have outer strength. They look like they had it going on. They look like they had a prayer life. They look like they were anointed. But when life hits, they look like. And then you wonder, and you're like, well, see, what, what happened about you praying for me? Or what about happened about all that tongue talking you was doing? And now, are you telling me you out here crying about a light bill that you, come on, y'all not going to say nothing. You better come on with me. When you have an inner strength, it will manifest itself in troubling times. 
When you have inner strength, when trouble hits, you stand strong. You're able to lead in troubling times. See, you don't want a pastor that can lead you when everything looks good. You want somebody that's going to lead you through. The Bible says he is our shepherd. He said, yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art what with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they what? They comfort me. Y'all not going to say nothing. You want somebody that's going to be able to lead you through dark times when you see no light around. So he prays that you'll be strengthened in the inner man. I'm not going to spend too much time with that. Then he says in verse 17 that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. I want you to understand the fruit of this strengthening in the inner man. I don't have too many points. You got to write down what God says to you. I'm not going point one, point two, point three. This is whatever God speaks to you, write it down. But you got to understand this. The fruit of the strengthened inner man is faith. He says that your hearts may dwell, Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you may be rooted and grounded in love. So the fruit of the strengthening of the inner man is faith, but the root is love. Oh, so what he's saying is when you have that peace and when you have that strength of God on the inside, when the Holy Spirit is showing up residing on the inside, then it sparks your faith. That's why you can't you can't please God without faith. That's why he gave every man a measure of faith. That's why faith is what moves mountains. That's that's why faith. But but if it's not rooted in love, faith does not have a connection. So I can't just have faith moving without love because what love does is it keeps me rooted and grounded when it looks like what my faith says it shouldn't be. <laughs> because faith says I don't walk by sight. I walk by y'all not going to help me. So I got to understand that when I'm rooted and grounded in the inner man, what I see on the outside does not affect what I believe on the inside. When I was at the hospital looking at my cousin, the Bible told me, said what you see is not what it's going to be. Oh, y'all better help me up in here. You got to be able to speak life. So what holds faith in place is love. Without it, your faith easily wavers. You're like a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, tossed to and fro. Uh-oh. But when you are, what he says, he says that you may be able to comprehend, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints, or that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Oh, uh, here we go. Watch this. When you're able to comprehend his love, that word comprehend means to grasp mentally, to understand. Now, a lot of people read, a lot of people see, but a lot of people don't comprehend. He'll say, it's, it's like this. Do you understand the words that are coming out of me? 
because some people don't comprehend. So you have to be able, don't you love God, that God is able to break it down for the baby, but make it edible for the one that, the, the greatest theologian, but it's all just simple to God. He, so he says, so you what, you what he's telling you is if you don't understand something, instead of acting like your faith can match what you don't understand, ask a question, learn before you start, y'all better... got to comprehend his love. He says, you, some of you don't even understand his love. See, it's one thing to be loved, but it's another thing to comprehend that love. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. See, when you're talking about breath, you're talking about side to side. When you're talking about length, you're talking about end to end. When you're talking about depth, you're talking about top to bottom. And when you're talking about height, you're talking about distance upward. I'll say that again because I know you're writing it down. When you talk about breath, you're talking about side to side. Somebody say side to side. When you're talking about length, you're talking about end to end. When you're talking about depth, you're talking about top to bottom. And when you're talking about height, you're talking about distance upward. When you begin to comprehend this, you understand that love that passes all understanding. What are you saying, Pastor? They see you you know love, but you don't comprehend love. When you begin to comprehend God's love, you understand that he, he loved us from side to side. While we was going wayward in this way, and on he said, if you make your bed in hell, I'm there. If you make it up, I'm there. There's nowhere you can go to flee his presence, to flee his love. But when you're talking about in the end, he's talking about I am the Alpha and the Omega and with God there is no end that's why his love is everlasting am I preaching he's talking about top to bottom he's talking about from your head to your ugly pinky toe he said I love it all I love your good and I love your bad and he said from distance upward when God called us he did not call us to go down he called us to rise up you need somebody that loves you Good enough to deal with you. Whoo! That's when you comprehend love. When you're in the struggle, because when everything's good, money's flowing, love flowing, sex flowing, y'all better help me, that love is all right. But as soon as something hits your house, or something hits that relationship, that's when you start comprehending the depth of my love. I understand and comprehend the depth of my wife's love, because she stayed with a knucklehead like me. Y'all not going to say nothing. We serve a God who said, I stayed with the knucklehead. He said, I'm married to the backslider. If I was God, I would have divorced me a long time ago. Well, he says, when you figure that out, he says, now, unto him that is able to do. That's a double Greek oxenum. That was deep right there. I don't even know what that word means, but it came right out. Just sounded like it should go right there, right? It's make the message sound real deep. In other words, he said he stuttered. He might as well have said now unto him that is able, able. Because able means to do. 
Wait a minute, wait a minute. See, that word able is, is dead to do it. It's taken from the Greek word dunamai. Now I'm going to get into my Greek, y'all. Y'all better help me. That, that dunamai means to have power. It is the same word for where we get the word dynamite. Ooh, hold that red stick of pen and dynamite. Just hold your stick. Don't light it yet. It refers to an inner strength, an inherent strength, or the absence of external obstacles. Oh, that's deep. Dunamai, to have power, could refer either to inherent strength or the absence of in external obstacles. Or to what may be allowed or permitted. Somebody say power. When you're dealing with God, he says, now unto him that is able to do. If I was going to preach this word and give it another title, it would be he is able. Somebody say that. Say he's able. What is he able to do? Well, in Romans chapter 14, verse 4, the Bible says that he is able to make you stand. In Romans 16, he says he is able to establish you. What else is he able to do? He is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before his glory. Well, what else is he able to do? He's able to make all grace abound. He's, He's able to keep that which you committed. He's able to build you up. He's able to subdue all things. He's able to save you to the uttermost. Somebody say, my God is able. So whatever you're looking at, the Bible says, is anything too hard for my God? And the answer for every Christian believer has to be absolutely nothing. Oh, y'all better. There's no sickness that my God is not able to heal. There's no aloneness that God is not able to lift up. There's no brokenness that God is not able to... Tap your neighbor, say he's able. Whatever you need him to do, he's able. You do not serve a God that can't do. You serve a God who is able to do. Is there anybody that got God? Say, I want you to fix this. Woo! But not only is he able to do it, he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask 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 exceedingly abundantly above all that we can y'all better help me all think That word exceedingly, that word exceedingly, it means very exceedingly. This is from the Greek word lion. It's it's very exceedingly. It means a thought taken from it much, very much. It's, it's, It's utterly, it's to the max. It's beyond measure. Exceedingly is beyond measure. 
but he says, I'm able to do exceedingly above what you can ask or think. God said, whatever you asked for, whatever you thought about, I'm about to go beyond what you asked for. I'm about to do something that's about to blow your everlasting. I better help me up in here. Ooh, I feel it. I feel it. He says exceedingly, abundantly. That word abundantly means more than enough. Going past the expected limit. Well, I serve a God who has no limit. So what he says, he says he's ready, able to go exceedingly abundantly. That means beyond limit and beyond expectation, beyond. He had a double word up in here. He says, God is able to go beyond, beyond. Exceedingly means to go beyond. Abundantly means to go exceedingly beyond. So whatever you thought God was going to do beyond, he's going beyond that. <laughs> yeah, that. That's what the Bible means when he says, I will bless you to the third and the fourth generation. He said, I'm going to bless you so good that your grandchildren's grandchildren are going to be saying, that boy was bad. Somebody say, get ready for overflow. He said, I'm going to go beyond, beyond, but here's the catch. Uh-oh. I'm glad y'all gave before I gave you this clause. Because he says, according to the power. That, that word accordingly, that means consistent with. Yeah. Oh, that means on the authority of. That means contingent upon. Yeah. <laughs> See, a lot of people can't experience overflow because they short circuit out. They don't upgrade their panel to support the power that's needed for what they're asking for. a certain level of faith, love, and sacrifice in order to produce overflow in your life. See, and whenever you read the scripture, there's going to be instruction, there's going to be a promise, and there's going to be condition. Now, I want you to understand this. Our getting into heaven is not based on works. Because Jesus sealed that. And when he said, if you have faith in him, you're in. But the blessings you want to flow on earth are contingent upon tapping into principles that operate in heaven. I'm about to get myself off. He said, according to the power. You ever, you ever try to plug something up and then all your stuff, you, you just trip the breaker. So then you're like, who turned on the iron? What you got running on? Because you got too much stuff running. So then you either going to call the electrician, but since some of us money ain't kind of funny, we ain't calling the electrician. We just going to start unplugging stuff. We upgrading the panel. (laughs) 
We know where to plug the iron in. What room? <laughs> and I ain't gonna say nothing. Somebody gonna be cold that night. Y'all all better get in this one room because that's the only room this space heater working. working. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. But God said, yeah, but see, you know, when you ask God for stuff, you, you gotta be careful because God is more than able to give it. But you're not more than able to handle it. I'm about to go to my illustration. I'm about to get out of y'all way. See, in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, it says, give. Don't nobody like scriptures that start with that. <laughs> we wish it said get, and it would be getting to you. Y'all ain't saying that. Y'all ain't saying that. <laughs> get, and it shall be getting. All right, God, and we're going we're gonna to eat bonics that. It says give. Somebody say it, cuss. I'll get everybody cuss. Give. Say it. Yeah, that's it. Uh -huh. Your spirit shook. When you feel your spirit shaking like that, it's like allergic to give. But it said, give, and it shall be given to you. Now, I'm going to prove a case in point. I know it's funny, but I'm about, to, I'm about to blow your mind with this illustration. So, because you know I love my illustrations. Now, there are some givers in here. All right? There's some givers in here that got it going on in the financial areas of their life. And even when stuff get attacked, it just get replaced just like that. You know why? Because they are faithful in their tithing and they are faithful with blessing their pastor. That's important. Can I see the hands of the people in here that can witness to what I just said? There you go. I see that work in my life. That's, that's, that's how you tap in because it's important that you tap in. Hmm. God will only let you inherit what you invest in. I want a double portion of your anointing if you are here when I'm taking up. If you are still standing and operating like you. So he says, give and it shall be given to you. Luke 6, 38. He says, a good measure pressed down, shaking together, running over. Oh, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Malachi, Malachi, I'm just going to read it to you. I know you don't like it. Malachi chapter three says, will a man rob God? Will you, yet you rob me, but you say, where did I rob you? He said, in tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse. You robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. Prove me. Now, and says the Lord of hosts, see if I don't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive. I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sake. He will not destroy the fruits of your ground. He will not cast your fruit before the vine in the time of the field, says the Lord of the hosts. All nations will call you blessed for you are a delightful land. So we got God saying, if you give, it's going to be pressed down, shaking together, running over. Well, man, because with the same measure you give, that's how God's going to give it back to you. Then he tells you if you tithe, he's going to make sure he's going to pour you out a blessing that runs over. Somebody say overflow, overflow, overflow. 
But the problem is you don't want to break what God wants to do in your life. You want to open yourself up to overflow. I'm going to give you three things that opens you up to a, a blessing of overflow in your life. Here's the first one. You remember the story of the boy that was tossed into the fire, right? And and they, and they said, why couldn't we do this? He said, yeah, I couldn't do it because of unbelief. Yeah, it takes prayer and fasting. But And the father said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. He wanted overflow of, of the blessing of life of his son to flow over, right? He said, have mercy on us because that boy was a blessing, but the devil kept messing with him. And God said, if you can believe, what blocks the flow? Unbelief. Okay, remember Jesus could do no mighty works in the land. He's God in the flesh. He could do all things. He walked on water. He turned fish into uh, five, two fish, five loaves, and uh, fed 5,000 people. He, you know what I'm saying? He did a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, opened the blind eyes, made lame walk, you know, cast out demons, shut down doors, walked through walls. But he couldn't do many mighty works because of unbelief. What? You remember Peter walking on the water? And he took his eyes off Jesus and let, he said, oh, ye of little faith, why, what are y'all not going, y'all going to catch it? See, the problem is you can't allow stuff to come in and block your blessing. And whenever you get to a place where you are afraid to release, it is because you want to hold on to what you have because you don't believe God is able to pour overflow over what you release. Okay, I'm almost there. I'm almost there, but I got to give it to you. So we're going to look at the, you remember Elijah and the widows, right? Now this happened twice, right? The first time, I'm going to read it to you. I'm, I don't care. Somebody say, take your time, pastor. Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. So the story of Elijah and the widow of Zarephath in the, in the Bible in, in verse 7, I don't know what chapter because I forgot to write it in my notes, but you go look it up. It's Elijah and the widow at Zarephath, but at verse 7 of whatever chapter that is, um, he said, sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came, said, go at once to Zarephath and the region of Sidon and say there, I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to when he came to the town, a gate of widow was there gathering sticks. He called her. He said, would you bring me a little water and a jar so that I could have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called to bring and and bring it. As she was going to get it, he called and bring it me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Watch what she said. She was going to get the water, but she ain't had no bread. Uh-oh. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks, take it home, make a meal for me and my son so we can eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home, do as you said, but first make me a small loaf of bread. Make it for me, bring it to me, and, and make something for yourself and your son. Now, she already told him what the supply she had. She ain't had enough. She said, he says, for this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jar of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So she went away and did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. The jar and the flour was not used up. The jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word that God had spoken through the prophet. 
Then his protege, watch what his protege does. And I know what scripture that is. That's 2 Kings chapter 4. Watch this. The same thing. That's the same brother that was under the teaching of Elijah. It was Elijah and Elijah, right? So there's Elijah and Elijah. Here's Elijah, the widow's oil. Check this out. In chapter 4, same story. You see this working in his life, just like it worked in his leader's life. Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, Elijah, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And now this creditor is coming to take my two children as slaves. How can I help you? Asked Elijah. Tell me, what do you have in your house? She answered, your servant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Go, Elijah, borrow jars, empty ones, and all your neighbors do not gather a few. Uh, get a whole bunch of them. Oh, my God. Somebody say prepare for overflow. Then go inside, shut the doors behind you, and your sons pour oil into these jars, setting the full ones aside. So she left, and after the jars, shut the door behind her and her sons, and kept bringing jars to her as she kept pouring. Watch this. I'm going to read that again. She left them, and after she had shut the door behind her, her and her sons, they kept bringing jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said, bring me another. But they replied, there are no more jars. Then the oil stopped flowing. The oil would have kept flowing if they could have got more jars. So the man of God said, go sell the oil, pay your debt, and now you and your sons can live. Now, 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 let, let me bring it home for you. Oh, God, help me, help me. See, in the beginning, God created us all with the blessing of Ruah. That means God's breath. Somebody say God's breath. He blew his spirit into us. When he breathed, then when he into us, what came with that was the DNA of heaven. Y'all better help me. And within the DNA of heaven was a measure of faith. Oh my God, a measure. Measure is a, is a term used for bakers and cooks and those uh, that are going to grow something. He said, I've given you a measure of faith. Yeah, we did right there. But because God is eternal, you can't subtract anything from God. Woo! Because God is not quantifiable. Because if I can take anything from God, that would make God quantifiable. But what God did is he blew into us and he made little gods in the earth and he made us quantifiable. See, see, he added something to us before he ever asked something from us. He gave us before because whatever we give is always got to come from the source that blew so, so what used to get what used to get me in this illustration I'm about to give you is that we used to think that overflow comes from God pouring out into our lives. But God can't pour out because God is not quantifiable. If God gives us a piece of him, he's quantifiable. But what he does is he allows overflow in accordance to the power that works in us. Let me make, let me make it plain. What he did with the widow. What he did with the widow. This was love. That was the widow.
Now, the widow was about to die. She wanted to die. She just wanted to go fill her house and do her thing and go off in the corner and die. Her, her husbands had already been there. It was, it, she, there was trouble. Anybody ever had trouble in their life? But you know God loves you. See, this, this cup says love, right? It's love. That's God. He surrounds us in his love. He, he, he encases us with his love. That's God. That, but that's us. That's us. And we don't understand what's going on in our life. And then God goes. He breaks us. And we don't understand the breaking is God's love. But he only breaks us so he can reveal what's in us. But what's in us is only a small measure. But this is God. God is already filled to the top. You can't pour out nothing of God to produce overflow. So he told the widow, go get me what you got. And pour that on me. Because that will press down and run over. But what God says is, the measure you give is the measure you receive. And so some of us have little faith. So we only give a little. And we only get a little overflow. Some of us have grew up. And we got a little bigger than the little bit. And we begin to pour that into God. Press down. Shaking together. Running over. But there's some of us in here today who have been with God long enough to say, I don't need a little blessing. Because I serve a big God. And I know he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think and the more I pour the more it flows out the more I pour the more it flows out the more I'm trying I'm trying to tell you that God said if you pour it all out overflow is to be empty and when it runs over you that's how you're able to give to other people because God said if you could become a reservoir so that I can fill you up as you pour out if you keep bringing me jars I'll keep filling them up go find me a jar I'll keep filling it up don't let the jaw stop. Look for something to put something in. Look. I'm trying to help you if you got to empty out everything in your life so that God can fill it with his blessing. Empty it out. Let go of the pain. Let go of the depression. Let go of the addiction. Let go of the anger. Let go of the frustration. Let go of the doubt. Let go of oh, y'all. Because God said, I'm preparing you for overflow. 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 Press down. Shaking together. Running over. 
shall mend. God said, I'm about to send people who didn't even like you to bless you. I'm going to make your job bless you. I'm going to make them give you a position they didn't even have. I'm going to have them open the door you didn't even know. I'm going next to you and they ain't getting it, I'm going to tell you right now to move because they're blocking your flow. Never let nobody block your flow. Do you know why fire hydrants push out so much force of water? Because they are connected to the reservoir. When they go ahead and release that valve, all that pressure of water just flows through that little space. And it's because the hydrant is little that it pushes the water with so much force to be able to put out fires. Y'all missed it. You are connected to the reservoir. You look little now, but people do not know that greater is he who is in you than he that's in the world. And that's why when the devil tries to throw his darts, you put that water, y'all better help me up in here. You got enough pressure on the inside to put out every dart that the enemy throws at you. You got enough water on the inside. Why? Because God said, come to the well that never runs church if I had a church that knew overflow overflow I've been broke long enough I've been angry long enough I've been wondering long enough my faith dynamite was dunamis power did I tell you that they use dynamite to blow up stuff did I tell you that they use dynamite to get rid of stuff they don't want to make room for the stuff they about to build did I tell you that dynamite in your life is not just power to walk over stuff but power to break stuff up stop crying over the stuff that blew up in your face because it was God's dunamis power because there's some stuff in your life that God know you don't have the strength to get rid of so he'll put that dynamite right in that area and disintegrated what you used to cry about don't even phase you no more bring up the name don't even phase you no more God, y'all better help me up in here because God said I already put my dynamite cause I'm about to build up some new stuff in your life I'm about to erect a blessing in your life God got to said you're gonna come out not even smelling 
I gotta stop. I'll be here all day on that. Cause I thank God. I thank God. I've been waiting for overflow. We blessed, but not on the level that God wants us. It's next level. God had to get rid of some stuff. We looked around, started wondering, what is this? Because God showed us in visions and dreams. But he said, don't lose heart. I got to get rid of some people that ain't for you. They just want to trip from you. They want to sip from you. But I need to get some people that's able to stay with you when the going gets tough. Because them are the ones I'm going to pour my blessing in. Them are the ones that are going to be millionaires. Them are the ones that are going to own houses, lands that they did not build. Can you believe it? thank him for his word keep that word speak it over your life exceedingly abundantly God's warehouse does not run empty while everything else going down we go up we are children of the most high our brothers went bowling the other day and they, we were going to go to Milford. And they, my brother said, but he said, you know, Milford bowling prices is high. I said, I know you didn't just say that. We king's kids. But we didn't go there. We used wisdom and went to him. <laughs> I'm joking. It was kind of high. But anyway. <laughs> I used wisdom. <laughs> Amen. But that needs to be your response. Listen, we got to be good stewards, but we can't put limits on God. Good stuff cost. You know why them prices that high out there, don't you? They don't want broke people out there. Let's stand. I thank God for this because I knew when I had to go facing like, what my family's going through right now and everybody said, you know what? Exceedingly abundantly. We want them to go beyond what we're thinking. Amen.
was there, I was praying for him. I said, God, go into his, just what my wife prayed, go into that subconscious. I know he knew I was in the room, just beat him up in his sleep. So when he wake up, he give his whole life to God. Do what he need to do, amen? Because he's been more than good to all of us. Amen. And I know his story, and I know he can be a wonderful asset to the kingdom of God. He is the power of influence that that young man has is undeniable. We've all been caught up in stuff, but God, we thank God that he can change a Paul, a Saul into a Paul. Amen. We know that to be the truth. So, Father, right now, we thank you for the word that you've delivered in this place. We don't want to close without opening the doors of the church. There may be somebody online, somebody watching that is out of the ark of safety, and you are not walking in accordance to the blessing. And if that's you, you just need to surrender your life so that you can comprehend the love that God has for his children and sending his only son to die. And if you just say this prayer, Father, I'm a sinner. And I believe that Jesus Christ died and rose for my sins. I pray that he would come into my heart and live his life in me. I thank you, God, for changing me. Come into my heart, live your life in me. Teach me how to walk this new walk and to turn away from those things that keep me from you. If you said that prayer, you can text, you can write, you can email, you can post on Facebook or YouTube. We'll pray for you. If you don't have a Bible-believing church, we'd be more than happy to shepherd you in your journey. Father, we bless you and we thank you that you are the lover of our soul and that we all tapped into this word. It's for everyone in here to go out and to believe and to watch you do the exceeding and the abundant in our life. On next week, we're going to come in here testifying of how you immediately turned things around and opened doors and made ways. And we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace.